I'm Grady Booch, and this is my column on computing. The big questions. One of the faces that I project to the world presents me as an architect and an author. At various times in my professional life, I've been a code warrior, mentor, manager, lecturer, consultant, archaeologist, theorist, methodologist, pioneer, mediator, historian, and visionary. In my personal life, I am a mower of lawns, a scooper of ice creams, a singer of songs, a good friend and confidant, a godfather, a loving husband, and, by act of Congress, an officer and a gentleman. Facebook probably sees me as a relatively dull old dude. Clout is clearly confused about who I am. As for Twitter, I self-identify as a geek, a storyteller, and a philosopher. At my core, I'm a child at heart, a warrior, a servant, a leader, a dreamer, a lover, and an awestruck seeker. We each live a life of ands. I'm this thing and that thing and this other thing, the sum of which makes me uniquely me. In each of the roles that we play, we're shaped by genetics, history, culture, family, education, and experience. In most of the specific roles that we play, there are usually sufficient degrees of freedom that allow us room to explore the landscape of possibility. Most of the time, we're content to labor within the confines of that landscape. However, when our exploration brings us to the frontiers and we push on, we call it innovation. Consider for a moment the big questions that confront us in the role of developer and architect. A developer, especially an agile one, will most often be driven by the question, what is the simplest possible thing that will work? This is actually a very good question with some profound implications. First, it presupposes the value of executable code that does something useful. Second, it celebrates and encourages simplicity. I call this a profound question because its continuous application will often yield systems of value that matter produced with an economy of resources. In a way, this question is the engine behind a local hill climbing algorithm. The journey of answering this question incrementally and iteratively yields a solution. An experienced Agile developer will also think in patterns which helps him or her take bigger proven steps and also helps to avoid local maximums when there are some higher hills worth climbing just nearby. An architect, in a manner of speaking, looks not just at individual mountains, but rather entire mountain ranges, and so is driven by a set of questions seeking solutions at a different scale and fidelity. An architect will thus ask, what technical and non-technical forces weigh on my solution? And then, what significant design decisions will optimally balance these forces? The journey to answering these questions is what drives an architect's behavior. That said, an architect who views this not as a journey, but rather as a fire-and-forget decision will fail. At scale, you can't even ask the right questions about a complex system until you've built and deployed a simpler system that does something useful. Furthermore, an architect who stands too far above the landscape will fail. These are the architecture astronauts, as Joel Spolsky calls them, who live in such rarefied atmospheres that they're unconscious of the pragmatic reality of the systems they seek to build. 
The best architects labor their boots on their ground and fingers on the keyboard close to the ground but still able to look up at the surrounding landscape. They too work in the patterns of languages, but at the scale of system patterns, not just programming patterns. Business analysts are driven by a different set of questions. By the very nature of their title, business analysts' journey attend to the questions in the realm, does this provide business value? Or even more pointedly, how do we monetize this? An analyst focused on short-term goals will concentrate on tactical decisions that optimize value and ruthlessly attack cost. Framing these questions in this manner will succeed in achieving optimal local goals, but will ignore most strategic goals, such as staying in business. On the other hand, an analyst focused on long-term goals will dismiss many tactical decisions as mere implementation details and might be blinded by the pragmatic realities of execution. Wishing does not make it so. Finally, as the last dot-com bubble taught us and that hopefully the marketplace still remembers, some business analysts frame these questions by eschewing revenue altogether, focusing instead on optimizing for scale first and profit later. Sometimes this works, most of the time it doesn't. And then there are users. In the relationship between user and product, the big questions users ask are framed in the context of the relationship, does this do X for me at a cost that I can accept? By cost, they might mean many interdependent things. What's the economic price? How much time and energy does it take to use this thing? What's the return on my investment? What's the opportunity cost? Or in other words, what could I be doing instead of using this thing? The dynamics between human and machine is a rich topic that many others have covered, such as Norbert Wiener and God and Gollum, Steve Talbot in Devices of the Soul, Ben Schneiderman's Leonardo's Laptop, Jaron Lanier's You Are Not a Gadget, and Sherry Turkle's The Inner History of Devices. As a computer scientist, I'm comfortable with moving from one level of abstraction to another. So let's move up one level from the pairwise relationship of user to system. It's here that we come face to face with the really big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What came before me? What comes after me? How can I be at peace? It's in the framing of such questions that we're all spiritual beings. Especially if we're leading an intentional life, the journey to answer these questions will be what drives us. Even if we're not intentional, we'll confront these questions at times of discontinuity in our lives, in sickness or at death, at times of great despair or unbridled joy. So, here are two meta-questions to ponder. First, to what degree does technology contribute to your journey of answering those questions? You can't just Google the answers. Well, you can, but the results aren't exactly actionable. At its worst, computing can be an opiate that deadens our humanity, making it easy for us to distract ourselves from being fully human. This is one of Turkle's themes, and Tiffany Schlein also speaks about this matter in The Future Starts Here. When we're so consumed by our technology, when we fully surrender ourselves to it, at the expense of having a personal, intimate relationship with others or even ourselves, we are diminished. At its best, however, computing can contribute to the journey. It can help us attend to the tedious and mundane tasks that rob us of our humanity, thereby giving us more freedom of expression. 
It can connect us to others and to ourselves in ways that transcend the limits of space and time. It can help gain insights about ourselves, others, and the world at a scale that previous generations could only dream about, and it can save and enrich lives. This then leads to my second meta-question. As a developer, an architect, or an analyst, what decisions might you make that advance the human value of computing? As I've often said, every line of code has moral implications, most very small, but some very large. Is this system worth my time and energy to build? Will it have unintended consequences that increase or diminish a user's life? Does what I'm building grow the landscape of possibilities, or does it erect boundaries? These are the big questions that impact the really big questions. The Amish are a very humble and orderly people, a culture that in many ways lives at peace relative to these big questions. I've yet to work with an Amish developer, although I've worked with a Mennonite code warrior, because for the most part they shun electrical devices. Indeed, the Amish aren't so much technology-averse as they are technology-intentional. As a group of Amish elders once observed, it's not just how you use the technology that concerns us. We're also concerned about what kind of person you become when you use it.